off the pitch. Ahoy, shipmates. Welcome, 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 one and all. We're back again. We're talking about the latest round of games in the Barclays Women's Championship, uh, the WSL, and a little bit of football chit-chat um, on the way. Uh, I went to uh, Charlton's game in terms of the Barclays Women's Championship. Charlton were at home and they played host to Blackburn Rovers. The The end result was uh, three goals to two in favour of Charlton. There were goals from uh, Beth Rowe, uh, Mel Phyllis and uh, Katie Longhurst for Charlton. And uh, for Blackburn Rovers, it was uh, Chandarana and uh, Dohu uh, in the second half, uh, their goals there. This game really um, was a very entertaining game to watch. You know, a very entertaining game to watch. Uh, two teams in the wind competing to play football. And uh, I would say that the wind was definitely, definitely uh, present. It played its part in terms of the goals. It played its part in terms of the inability for teams to kick beyond the halfway line, to find some rhythm, to find the pass in the final third. And in terms of penalties given up, maybe not so much. Uh, the bulk of the first half, all controlled by Charlton. They, I would say within minutes uh, of, an, of an attack down the flanks, were awarded a penalty uh, and rightly so. I thought the, um, the referee had a, a very good game overall, actually. I thought the referee was uh, on on the money with most of the decisions and quite close to all of the, the challenges that were, were evident throughout the game. Uh, but Charlton weren't able to take advantage of that. Uh, Mel Johnson um, stepped up to take the penalty. Probably not the best ball she struck towards, towards goal. Um, a great save by the keeper, no doubt, and Blackburn probably would have been at that point, very, very happy with the fact that they didn't concede so so early on. Uh, but but Charlton, you know, despite that little blip in terms of not uh, taking advantage, they pressed on really good um, pressing all over the pitch. You know, Blackburn found it very difficult to to get out of their half. Uh, they, their players, in terms of the the ones that were on on the field for them. Silcott and Cohen, who would had previously started the, the FA Cup game against Crystal Palace, they were there. And, you know, they had a very... A very I thought they had a very good first half. Um, they found it really difficult to um, find their midfield players and, and get out. The goalkeeper for Blackburn, Brooks, found it very, very difficult to kick towards the, the halfway line, finding it very difficult to find players. And they were unable to build up as they, they had previously in the um, early games. I would say that the manager, or both managers, will really, really be happy with the way that their teams played football in the conditions that were evident for both of them. Um, but it was, I would say it was a very entertaining game and a, a game of two halves. The, as I say, the wind was very prominent in this fixture and probably like for most teams playing football at the weekend on Sunday, it, it added a, an extra element where you had to contend with whether or not you could find the right pass, whether you overhit it, if it was underhit, um, whether you needed to be in the right position in terms of defence, um, how you would help the attack, etc. Uh, and that was definitely on display for both teams. So in terms of the first half, I'd say that Charlton edged it in terms of their possession and the opportunities created because they, they created quite a few. 
uh, for Blackburn, they found it very difficult to go forward, very sporadic, a handful of opportunities, and I'd say a handful of opportunities in the first half where they were really kind to, to trouble the, the goalkeeper in that say. But when, with the turnaround, you know, Blackburn's um, start was much more aggressive in the second half. They were much more up and at them. They were much more forward thinking. And um, I would say that was down to the wind being in their favour, not necessarily blowing a, in along the line where they were playing, but across so that they could go go further forward. And Charlton found it difficult. And even though Charlton did find it difficult, they had the wherewithal to score a, a second goal very early in the second half. Um, Mel Phyllis getting on the score sheet. And I, for some reason, I, Mel Phyllis's name, I know that she's recently joined, I think, on loan from West Ham, if I'm, I'm correct. Uh, I believe she was probably at London Bees a few seasons ago. Um, I, I need to check that. But uh, uh, in terms of um, Phyllis getting on the score sheet, great, a great game. Um, I would say that the the, the goal to, to bring Blackburn back into it at um, 2-1, Chandarana's goal was, you know, not say wind assisted. It, it was struck really, really well. There was arc, there was curve, there was pace, um, you know, Sean Rogers had no real chance to get to that, but in conditions as it as they were on Sunday, uh, I'm very surprised that Blackburn didn't try their luck more often with a long distance shooting because uh, it probably would have reaped them the benefits that they deserved. I'm not saying that Charlton didn't deserve to win, but Blackburn could have probably got something out of that game. They'll look look back on that and think this is an opportunity missed for them. So in terms of of scoreline, fantastic for Charlton. Um, pushes them right to the top of the table in terms of results. One particular team not playing because of, I'm sure, pitch conditions, uh, but uh, game cancelled, postponed, and to, and to be rescheduled at a later date. Blackburn, they've got the the makings of a very good team. You know, they've lost some players. They had Jade Richards again, and uh, who is it? Who is it? Um, Jade Richards. Jade Richards. Where's where's the surname? There is it. I couldn't see her name. She's not on the bench. Jade Richards was on the bench. Didn't start. Didn't get on on the pitch. It's seed. It's, I think it's seed. Um, normally there. Blackburn, you know, good good football team, good footballing team. Um, what I will say, and then they were play. I've said Longhurst got on the score sheet, and, and I can't work out how she scored the goal. Actually, you know, it looks like an overhead kick, but it wasn't. It was looping. It was an odd angle. Uh, even the replays on the TV, you can't. You're not quite sure. It was odd. Celebrations were fantastic. I mean, ran it probably would have run right onto the to the main road if she'd have kept running because it was such an important goal at an important time of the game. Good for her. I felt her position, her positioning in the game was fantastic considering the conditions. Always there in front of the back four, helping to mop up, especially the aerial balls. Just seemed to be picking them up and uh, feeding the attack. Addison in the first half was fantastic. Real, real bag of energy. Uh, working well with Johnson up front, they switching play, switching positions. You know, Johnson going out, drifting out to to the flanks. Addison coming central, really good from them uh, to to get about McKenna. Uh, you know, always impressed by McKenna when I see her play. Uh, a wholehearted, you know, fullback who likes to get forward, doesn't like to get beat in a challenge, wants to to win every ball. Um, Charlton are looking really, really good. As most of the teams are in the top half, obviously not all, not all of them. Um, Blackburn will be upset 
I'll say that. Blackburn will be upset. They'll, they, they'll take something out of the game, but they will be upset. They didn't get their fair share of a rub in terms of this game, even the, even with the two goals. I, I would love to have seen this game without windy conditions where both teams would have gone about it and played football in a way that I know that they can play. Um, but it makes it really, really interesting going forward in terms of the, the table. Uh, Charlton are on top right now. They've played 13, they've got 26 points. Uh, Birmingham have played 12 and they've got 23. So, you know, Birmingham didn't play. So there's still that and there's goal difference as well involved in that as well. So it's a very, very good game for Charlton in terms of a win. Uh, the fact that um, Birmingham didn't play and they sit on top of the league, it's great for them. Blackburn are in seventh place, 15 points. It shows that they can get up the league if they get some luck on their side. So that was that from uh, that fixture. Really, really good game for them, Charlton. I do like, and it's strange watching from the the, the VCD community ground. Um, the wind, the wind is everywhere. The wind, oh my days, Ooh. wind, and a really good crowd as well. Considering an early kickoff. Uh, I do like I like the early kickoff. I do. Everyone can go home. Decent time, daylight. What's not to like? Uh, in terms of the other fixtures, uh, or we'll rattle through them. Uh, Lewis were at home, and they entertained. Uh, they entertained Durham, and they drew uh, one all. Uh, Rigler uh, for Lewis, and he uh, is it Hack Hack for Durham? So uh, there and they're about. Durham are six in the league. Uh, Lewis are 11th, second from bottom. So there is something about that, being second from bottom in this league. It's uh, difficult. Uh, London City Lions, Lionesses, Lions, rawr, uh, were at home to Crystal Palace. Uh, I always thought this was going to be a very difficult fixture before they kicked off. Uh, London City Lions has got some, they've got some work to do. As we know, Crystal Palace, really good outfit, talented bunch there. Um Old girl, old 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 player going back. Not old, not so much old in age, but you know, former player. Uh, Haley Nolan on the score sheet for Crystal Palace. That'll probably hurt London City Lionesses. Uh, Hughes in the 90, 90th plus minutes to secure all three points and make it two nil to Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace have played twelve games and they've got twenty four points. Interesting, interesting. What will happen? Who's going to get promoted? Who's going to get promoted? It's there and thereabouts. Not saying anything, but, you know, if it's not a London team, I think people will be... There will be a lot of people in London who will be upset. Sorry, Birmingham. It's a bit of a bias. I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm, I'm supporting them. I'm just pointing it out. It's quite a few London teams. Teams in the South. Uh, and there you go. London City Lionesses are in ninth position ninth position and they have 12 points uh that the good thing for them is that Watford are having a really bad time and Lewis are having a really bad time and that's and that is what's keeping them just above um danger just above danger so there is that Southampton bish bash bosh 3-0 at home against Watford Watford not finding it easy traveling away from home Colette on the score sheet, uh, Farrell getting two for them. Southampton, um, fourth place, 24 points. Not too bad. Watford, Watford, Watford. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
bottom, all of those talented players. It's hard to see players down there, you know, um, Harley Bennett down there. Just no, no. Coral Jade Haynes. I mean, Haynes was at Crystal Palace. Uh, Baptiste. Rossiter. Like, wow. It's, oh, yeah. Not not having a good time. So, so many good players at Watford. I just think, no. Um, if they go down um, for the championship teams that stay up, they'll be rubbing their hands because there are some tasty players in that squad that are just too good not to be in the championship. Just too good. Uh, Sunderland at home. Uh, three goals to nil against Sheffield United. Uh, Jones and Scar on the score sheet. Scar with two. Sunderland in second place. The Lassies. One point behind Charlton. Could they do it? Could they do it? Could it, could it be Sunderland? Possible. Sheffield United in eighth, uh, 14 points, just above London City Lionesses. Uh, going forward, this league is going to be really, really... I mean, it's always interesting. It's always interesting. No, I mean, to be honest, why can you not love this league? I love this league. I love, I love watching the jeopardy involved in the championship. Honestly, I feel for the owners and I feel for the fan base. I feel for them when their team doesn't win and, and when they look at the league and see and see where they are, especially in the bottom two, it's not good. But for those at the top, there's giddiness, there's joy, there's hope. There is that. Uh, in terms of uh, the WSL, big things going on in the WSL, big score lines, big, big, big. But also lots of chat about fans not being happy with their manager and really fed up with, um, let's just say the, the lack of uh, squad rotation, for a better word. Anyway, we'll get onto that in a minute. Uh, scores on the doors, as they say. Uh, Leicester at home, they lost by one goal to nil against Aston Villa. Villa fans, Villa players, Villa manager will be absolutely happy with that. It's been a while. They needed to get away from 2023. They were in 2024. They needed three points. Feel good factor going forward. Yes, great job. Let's get on to the next one. Uh, Arsenal at home. Arsenal winning by two goals to one against Everton. Really good for them. You know, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna talk about the scorers because I think the score, the scorers are fine. You know, whoever they are, the scoreline tells a lot within the WSL and it tells a story for the fans. Because you don't need to get into the nitty gritty just yet. Uh, Brighton and Hull, Hull, Albion, three. Bristol City, two. Uh, great for Brighton. Good manager down there, you know, Mel Phillips, good manager who knows the Bristol City manager well because they were in the championship together uh, last season ish. Uh, so, and it's good to see what's happening there. Where will that place them in the table? We'll find out in a moment, but uh, three points for Brighton and they're really happy about that. Manchester City, five. Respect. Liverpool, one. Uh, and I'm going to say, I haven't talked about the scorers. I'm going to say the scorer in this one, right? The scorer, because this player doesn't get enough props. And this is why I haven't done any other names and any other scorers. Khadija Shaw, hat-trick. I don't know how many hat-tricks she's going to have to score in this league before people start to talk about her and 
glowing terms. I mean, not that they don't, but there needs to be a little bit more sunshine pointed in this this player's direction. Five goals for Manchester City. Sure, basically showing again that she's she's doing the do for Manchester City. Patrick again. Um, so there, great stuff. And um, I'm sure that the Manchester City fans will be extremely happy about that. And uh, West Ham were at home and they played host to their London their London friends, their cousins, Tottenham. Uh, West Ham 3. I'm joking about cousins. I know that's not true. Um, uh, Tottenham 4. Uh, so Tottenham doing really well, getting all three points. So in terms of the table for the WSL, uh, Chelsea are still up there, top place. Right behind them, uh, three points behind them on 25 points is Manchester City. Arsenal, 25 points, third. Manchester United in fourth place, 18 points. Liverpool, who just took a slap in, have got 18 points. They're in fifth place. Tottenham, 18 points. Sixth place. Wow. It's close in that little segment. Uh, Aston Villa, uh, seventh place with 12 points. Brighton with 11 points in eighth place. Everton with 11 points. And they're in the ninth position. And then there's Leicester on 10 points. And this is the bit where it's really interesting. West Ham in 11th, five points. Bristol at bottom, five points. No one wants to be relegated to the championship, but we welcome you. We wel we do we welcome you. Will it be West Ham? Will it be Leicester? Will it be Bristol? Will it be Everton? Who knows? There's so much time left in the season for people to get involved and talk their team up so that there's some rhythm, there's some movement forward. They need to cause an upset somewhere. They need to cause an upset somewhere. Uh, I'm not going to go to one particular game. Manchester United, Chelsea. Um, Manchester United lose away. Three goals to one. Just myself. And uh, the fallout is not good. Fallout is not good. I, 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 you know, I watch on Twitter, match of the day, tweet, a brilliant day for Chelsea. And in the video footage, the little clip, there is a fan with Skinner out. And it looks neat, that, that, that uh, sign. It looks neat. It's not handwritten. It's not scribbled. It's printed clearly so that people can see. And I tweeted, I thought, I didn't think this banner was written during the game and fans are rumbling about not wanting the manager around and this is a team that was pushing towards winning the title last year this is the team where the fans were I thought they were happy but obviously not and you know some managers are Marmite it doesn't matter what they do they can never get close to what went before you know and even the, the manager that was there before had difficult moments where the fans were wanting more. They're a demanding bunch, football fans. And some clubs have fans which are who are even more demanding. They want more. They always want more. And they never understand. And sometimes it's very difficult for, for clubs to appreciate that fans, the passion is so much that they are, uh, it's blurry. They don't see clearly. And this is not to say that the fans who are saying Skinner out don't see clearly. They, from their point of view, they see very, very clearly this is what they're saying. But it's very difficult for me to look at that and think, wow, the women's game, there's not enough teams in the league, there's not enough money, there's not enough sponsorship, 
There's not enough airtime on TV, especially for the championship. Um, there's not enough columns, column inches. There's not enough people reporting on games, you know, from the big boy medias to say, this is what's happening here. It's just not enough investment. But there are fans already calling for the managers to be sacked of clubs where there is money. And even those clubs that have money think they're not spending enough money in comparison to the other clubs that don't have money. It's a really strange world, football. Sometimes, even when you have something, you're just not happy with what you have because you want more. Needless to say, I get it. You know, as uh, one film said, greed is good. Can't settle for it. Cannot settle for what we have. We must improve. And if that means to say you want change, if that means to say you're not happy with the manager, so be it. It's one of those things. But it is strange to see in the women's game where it's still relatively fresh, still young, that you have fans that are saying they want the manager out. And again, I'll say, it's their right to say it. They can do that if they feel that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. But it does make things difficult in the long term for the new manager coming in, whoever that is, if a manager does have to go. Who do they go for? They want best in class. And I'm quoting um, one of the tweets that I've read. This is what they want. They want best in class all across the pitch. And sometimes you have to ask yourself, in the women's game, what does that look like? And where do you go to find it? It's difficult. It's very, very hard. And it's difficult to appreciate sometimes that even with 12 teams in a league, seeing your team not top or not second or not third is very, very difficult for fans to take. It's difficult for any fan to take, but I don't know if the expectations need to change, to be reduced, to be more realistic. But what it does mean is that there needs to be a very, very serious conversation about what it is that either fans want or realistically believe will be possible with the women's game as it is now. Because if you only have 12 teams, if there is a an imbalance, an inequality in the amount of money that is spent from teams in the top three or four to the bottom two, then you are always going to get those kind of uh, divisions between the club and the fan and the board as to what they realistically expect. I have no idea how much money Manchester United have spent on players, but they do have a talented bunch in terms of uh, other teams. And they do have an eye for talent abroad. That's been clear. Whether they're able to use it in the right way, whether they're able to get uh, the best out of those players in their actual natural positions, who knows? Time will tell. But for some managers, when there is a sign like that, when it says Skinner out, and they're being very clear, it doesn't mean that those fans have much time left or patience for the person they call the manager of their club. Sad, but it's true. Anyway, uh, that's it from me for now. Um, I'll see you in the next one. Laters.